Welcome, dog fans, to this week's episode of On Second Thought. I'm Kayla Owen, and with me is always the amazing Mike Martin. Mike, how are you? I'm doing better. The tears have dried in my eyes. Um... Yeah, <laughs> that that's definitely me too. And in case you can't tell, we are going to talk about... The- the news of Coach Peterson stepping down as the head coach from the University of Washington football program after the Huskies bowl game this season, where Jimmy Lake, current defensive coordinator, will be taking over as the head coach. But we do want to talk about the Apple Cup a little bit because while we do, while we do have some wet eyes from Coach Pete, we definitely have some very happy weekend news still that the dogs are seventh seven consecutive Apple Cup wins. So that's something to really, really, really be excited about, regardless of what just happened and broke the internet, I would say, a couple days ago. But Washington defeated the Washington State Cougars 31-13 to at home. Washington will finish the regular season 7-5 and overall, 4-5 and in the conference. Still waiting to hear this bowl spot that the dogs will get. But hey, other news... Huskies on the Pro Football Focus, all Pac-12 teams include for first team, Nick Harris and Elijah Molden. Second team, Hunter Bryant, Jackson Kirkland, Levi Onzerike, Trent McDuffie, Miles Bryant, and Aaron Fuller. For third team, Savon Ahmed, Aaron Fuller, he kind of has a little bit punt returns for the second, wide receiver for the third. Jared Hilbers, Ryan Bowman, and Peyton Henry. And then honorable mentions is Benning Potawai and Cameron Williams. So... Definitely cannot overlook those, Mike. And the thing that you notice with that, there are uh, some freshmen in there. There's some sophomores, there's some juniors, and there's some seniors. So uh, while there was a youth movement, uh, the, the 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 big names like Harris, I kind of expected Adams to be in there somewhere. Um, but see, I didn't. I was a little bit disappointed in his senior season, to be honest. Beginning the season, I expected him to be maybe an All-American. Okay, yes. So, And then Jackson Kirkland, he, I thought, was one of Washington's better uh, offensive linemen, even as a a junior. Excuse me, I think he's a sophomore, junior, um, uh, credit-wise, in the classes that he's taken. But anyway, there there are some some guys that um, kind of surprised Cam Williams. Uh, Trent McDuffie, you know, a lot of uh, youngsters in there that that are Jimmy Lake guys, and um, and so I I can't say that I'm disappointed. I would have liked to have more Husky receivers in there, but it didn't go the way of uh, of the long ball for the Huskies. Yeah, drop passes will definitely kind of play a part in that when we had Cam Meller on from Pro Football Focus and he really broke down those grades and the decisions on where they rank. That's kind of something that they'll look at. And so I think that really is the biggest reason why we don't see more receivers on there as well as some injuries and different playing time. But overall, super happy for those dogs, as well as those young ones who will get to see back on Montlake next year. And kind of wrapping up this WSU Apple Cup game, because you and I really talked about it on Dog Thoughts. Do you have any kind of on-second thoughts for it? Because it's, it's a little bit different for me now. It, it is. And, you know, for for this, you know, you, you kind of, uh, you know... It, we would be 
sort of yucking it up on most Apple Cups. But I think it's been an emotional couple of days for a lot of people, you and, and me included, with um, the Huskies uh, kicking the crap out of the Cougars again. But then met with the news yesterday, and and my face was – my wife was like, your face is flush. What's going on? And I was like, I, Coach Pete just stepped down. And so, you know, as much um, – as we wanted to cheer and kind of look back at, at uh, seven straight Apple Cups, you know, there there's some good signs in that Apple Cup. And I think that, that going forward, what Jimmy Lake has to work with, uh, there's a lot of good quality kids that are still out there. And, I mean, my face dropped. I think it was still hanging this morning when I got up. But about five or ten minutes before it actually was announced that Coach Pete was stepping down. I saw that go around that Mike Leach was taking the Ole Miss job as the head coach. <laughs> and so when when I saw that it came from Washington football's actual official Twitter, I was like, somebody is too good at hacking systems because this is this isn't real. Like the other one was just fake. So this has to be this has to be fake too. It was very unbelievable. And, I mean, what makes it more ironic is that he had made up his decision Saturday morning before the Apple Cup, and Mike Leach actually asked him at the start of the game, hey, when do you think you're going to quit coaching? And it all has kind of just really, really, I wouldn't say taken away from that huge Apple Cup win, but it does not feel as sweet as last year, that is for sure. No, it would have been kind of cool, though, if if Coach... Pete stood up at at the end of the press conference and showed his uh, T-shirt underneath that said, I never lost to no Cougs. I might have cried. (laughs) I might have cried. And I don't know if it would have been from laughing so hard or just the fact that he is such a stand-up guy and losing him as a head coach is still going to be hard. But anyway, we would like to remind everybody that Vintage Brand is a sports apparel and gift brand celebrating the rich history of American sporting culture. Their collection includes 10,000 digitally restored authentic vintage works of art reproduced on apparel, wall art, koozies, drinkware, and more. So it's perfect for any holiday gift that you're looking to get for anybody, especially if they are diehard dog fans like Mike and I. Relive your favorite vintage UW logos, Husky Stadium moments, and Rose Bowls. Use promo code HUSKY19 to get 20% off on all products through the end of the year. More details at the end of the show of how one of you lucky listeners can win something from VintageBrand.com. All right, Mike, let's kind of talk about this, and let's get into a transition into Lake because we're going to have to sooner or later. So I think a good way is to kind of go into an attack mode defensively because we'll, we'll talk about defense because Jimmy Lake is a defensive guy. And how did Washington destroy WSU and not Colorado? Just what, to and, kind of transition uh, right now. Yeah, and that's that's what's so weird about uh, the, the last two games of the season is that against against the Cougs, Joe Tryon was a force. He was in the backfield. He had some big sticks. And against Colorado, I don't know what they did, but if he just didn't have a fire lit underneath him or what. But it just seems like 
that if they had played that passionately the entire uh, season, that attack mode, uh, it would have been a very different season. Um, there, there's just there are games that that were head scratchers of where are they? They seemed certainly on the offensive side they seemed disjointed, but sometimes on the defensive side we saw guys whiffing on tackles and uh, and certainly kind of sitting back in uh, in a little bit passive and letting plays come to them and then making the stop rather than uh, attacking in the backfield. Therefore. I th- this uh, you know there were games when they didn't have any TFLs they just weren't the attacking defense that it sounds like Jimmy Lake is going to be putting into everything where they're attacking uh he talked about special teams even Kayla where I thought there were so many times that Aaron Fuller just let punts uh would just fair catch punts and I thought that they were returnable, and I see that he was uh, was second team all conference returner, but he wasn't consistently attacking like we saw John Ross. John Ross just didn't care. He was he knew that he could house one almost at excuse me not John Ross but Dante Pettis that he could house one almost at will, and I thought that there were opportunities for Aaron Fuller to do that as well. So. Uh, I just don't know what what it means and why they couldn't pull it off against Colorado, but we'll we'll see what what attack out of Jimmy Lake actually means. Not only that, but I think we'll finally see those trick play attacks that Coach Pete has drawn up over his six seasons at Washington in his final bowl game. Because hey, why not let them all out? Right, just show everything. If if it's your last time with the Huskies, do it. And you're talking about in the bowl game. I, I, I would yeah. like I would like yeah. to see that. But one thing that I want to do kind of, Kayla, is let's take a look at kind of how we got to where Jimmy Lake went from being a defensive back coach to now where he's the head coach just a few years later. And, and the transition really was was brought about by Coach Kwiatkowski. He told Coach Pete that he didn't want to lose Jimmy Lake. And so by offering him a co-defensive coordinator position, they made it so that that Jimmy Lake could stay, he could earn more money for his family, and have the prestige of that paycheck and that title. And really, at the time, I think we just thought he was defensive coordinator in training. What actually, Kayla, he was the head coach in training. And it's kind of now a full circle for Coach K because he is now going to be the defensive coordinator per Jimmy Lake. And so still getting to keep them around and showing that selflessness really will get you far, especially Jimmy Lake. I mean, having to make room so that he stays was selfless on Coach K, but turning down other opportunities and big jobs by Jimmy Lake so that he could stay with a program and with a coach that he loves and wants to follow definitely shows his selflessness in that as well. Well, yeah, Jimmy Lake interviewed at other schools, um, and I think Colorado was after him last year. He also interviewed uh, for Nick Saban down at Alabama. I think they were wanting him as a defensive coordinator. But Jimmy Lake said it's going to take uh, an amazing – it would have taken an amazing job offer to pry him away 
from from Coach Pete, and that's the the father figure that I, I think Coach Pete has with a lot of those players, and I think that's why so many fans connected with Coach Pete also is because when there was all of this chaos going on, he was always the voice of calm and the voice of reason. Uh, when it seemed like the offense was falling apart, when the defense couldn't make those tackles. And so that's something that I think Jimmy Lake will have learned from him. We saw him talk a little bit of smack against Wazoo last year, but that was absent this year. And, And I was kind of looking for quotes all over the place, couldn't find anything from him. But, you know, it, with with all of what they had this year, despite losing so many faces on the defensive side of the ball, they still managed to produce the third best scoring defense in the conference. And it's honestly just rinse and repeat for him because he keeps producing talent. They started out very slow this season, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous about how the defense was going to perform. And they were not up to last season's numbers, but they replaced so many kids. And so having that consistency and him still in the program, I am not worried about the defense at all. And especially as all the attacking that he wants to do and how motivated and expressive he is with his players and seeing him on the sidelines, I think it'll definitely be what the offense will need next year, in my opinion. And and they they call it the Lake Show and uh, down in L.A. and I know you're a Laker fan, but the Lake Show here on on Mont Lake is is going to be interesting to see sort of what he means by uh, by attacking. But I think that that for where they're going, I think Jimmy Lake is sort of like the gasoline to the fire because there's so much good young talent on this team. That the defense to play to play how they did this year, if if you can keep um, Levi on, uh, if you can keep uh, Joe Tryon, he came on late. I don't think he's really going to consider it. But you know, Levi, I'd like to see him stick around another year. Uh, he could be a first rounder. I like the the things that that they're able to do, and. Be bringing in guys because I think an attacking style really suits Levi because he's he's dominant, but he also uh, has a motor that that doesn't stop. And he's I think Jimmy Lake with that nonstop motor could put his foot on the accelerator with Levi and really start uh, moving the pocket, attacking the quarterback, and really forcing other quarterbacks into the bad decisions that we see. We saw Gordon make a guy that had thrown for 5,000 yards, and he threw for 250, 300 yards against uh, the Huskies. So, you know, I want to see, you know, what attack means uh, especially recruiting um, and attacking the offense uh, in the off season. And speaking of Jimmy Lake and the foot on the accelerator and attacking, he's already doing that on the recruiting trail. He's already been down and touched on current commits, and then he's actually he act. That's why the press conference was so early. He was flying down to go do some recruiting, and so he means business, and that is reassuring as a Husky fan. For sure, especially after the great recruiting class that Coach Pete helped put together, and and the the thing is that that 
he looks like he was just made for this position because last night uh, he was up at Gary and Hatchett's place in Ferndale. Now he's off to to California. Uh, there's no rest. And that's the one thing about California, excuse me, Utah and Oregon being in the Pac-12 championship. Jimmy Lake can actually use this time to really go out there and solidify those relationships that are so key because so many of those, so many of those players are, are so much with coach Pete that I, I think that Jimmy Lake is going to go and knock on those doors and and uh, and say, you know, Coach Pete trusted me. I hope that you will too. Speaking of Coach Pete and Coach Lake and how much they are similar, let's kind of talk about them showing the human side of them, especially in the press conference today. When Coach Pete started choking up talking about his family, I almost lost it. And hearing them talk about the family and the atmosphere – and everything that they've created in Gen Co and talking about how they have put Washington on the map again and brought what Washington is all about and revamped that. It was it was it was it was touching for sure. And and Jimmy Lake, he the the first thing that he did was in front of everybody, he said, I couldn't have done this without you guys. I love you. And he addressed each of his kids by name. And, um, and, and coach Pete, he said, and I had to talk about it down here because I really didn't want to cry up at the podium. And then he kind of looks down and there's a picture of him looking down, uh, like he's really choking back tears. And, and I think that really hit to the, to the human side. It's, it's kind of the reason why I only coach players anymore because it's so, taxing on your family it's time away from your family and and this this is it's the the human side and the human reality is that you know he actually has a chance to go during the off season and have an actual off season and he hasn't had that and he's been the head coach for what, 17 years, 17 years has been a 24-7 grind for him. So he's earned whatever he wants to do. And I think it's also a great reminder to everybody involved who is a fan or a spectator or really only sees the front side of things and not the back of the house in the fact that they give up so much time for this family. And you have a bunch of great Don James stories about, you know, him having to really be a family member as well. And while all of us are criticizing and getting upset that he has keeping certain people in the program or doesn't make certain changes in game situations, he is human. And I think this was kind of a very good reality check that we all needed. I agree, and that's that's really I think the the biggest takeaway from this is that he's not quitting uh, on the kids; he is giving it to his family, and and his family deserves that. His his son I think will be graduating this year, and really to be able to have have his family around him. The dude is 55, 56 years old, and, you know, he doesn't need the money. Um, you know, he, he got that 
uh, in the last couple of years. And so, you know, take the time, you know, I understand, uh, I understand the grind. And kind of transitioning a little bit, I just want to kind of quickly ask you, how long do you think Jimmy Lake stays? Well, he's 42. And man, I, I that's a great question because I could see him getting the lifetime contract that everybody thought Coach Pete had. Uh, I, I think that he could stay 15 years, 17 years. I'd like to see him, uh, you know, win a couple of national championships here. I think he has the makeup. I think he has the pedigree. And I think he has that burning desire. So I don't want to see where he gets burned out like Coach Pete. So, you know, get to that 15, 16 uh, 17 year window and be able to walk away with a, a lot of time to spend with his family. That's one big thing that, that Don James uh, talked about was, you know, it, it, it made it so that he was actually able to enjoy life with his wife. Exactly. And do you think that, I mean, he's kind of touched on that there will be some changes, but do you think that means that offensively that there's going to be a bold hire or you think he's going to go out and kind of really try and push for someone big? But, you know, I could see it's something that it's so easy to say, oh, it's it's the offensive coordinator. Everybody was calling for Marty Schottenheimer's head early in the season and where are those people now? Uh, I, I've i been actually pleased with the play calling over the last probably six or seven games. I, the, the, there are just certain things in the offense that have not clicked. They have not seemed coordinated. And that is the job of the offensive coordinator to make sure that your guys understand snap counts. Don't hold. Do these things that there was two steps forward uh, one step back, and sometimes it seems like it was one step forward, two steps back. That's the job of the coordinator. But also, I see the quarterback really. I expected um, Jake Browning to take a step forward or two his senior year, but he didn't. He regressed. There were habits that that we saw with Jake Browning that we're seeing also with uh, Jacob Eason. So. I think that a quarterback whisperer might be a good place to start and really kind of because there's actually two positions that are that are being um, opened up. There's the defensive coordinator position. Uh, that would Coach K, though. Right, but it was a co-defensive coordinator. So there's that position, and then there's Coach Pete. So there's – are you still there? Yeah. Okay. So there's there's still – I think that that there are he could move somebody into a, a court offensive coordinator position like Bush Hamden and get a quarterback whisperer in there. Uh, so. I mean, my my big prediction is that and bear with me for a second, because I'm going to be the Dallas Cowboy fan right now, is that the Cowboys released Jerry Jones and in turn, they clean house or Jimmy Lake sees that and goes down and pitches to Kellen Moore for 
the spot just because he is a quarterback coach and he does know what he's doing. And I think it'd be a nice fire and a nice type of passing and running offense that the dogs need is kind of my guess, but I'm just putting that out there. I, 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 he's, he's, I think a name that everybody is, is looking for. Is he a foot on the accelerator? Is he an innovator? Can he bring the attacking style of offense? Um, that's going to be for Jimmy Lake to decide, but I agree with you. I think that that would be a very good hire and the two know each other. Exactly. Which always helps a little bit. (laughs) And gosh, there's so much to talk about. I feel like we could talk about this for a long time, but we are winding down a little bit. And so I kind of just wanted to put it out there that I know we, everybody is so grateful for coach Peterson and what he did for the program. I'm going to be doing a video on the state of the football program when I went into college versus how, it was when I left. And I think it's also great to kind of quote Coach Pete and the Eastern philosopher that he heard the quote from in the fall that was really been ringing in his ears. And it was, a man has two lives to live. And the second one begins when he realizes he only has one. And so with that, I shall leave you. So Do you have anything to add? Because I'm getting a little choked up now. (laughs) All right, Mike, I'm going to let you take it away with Mark Pattison, our regular on On Second Thought, former wide receiver at the University of Washington. So you guys can have a nice conversation so that I can go and and dry my tears. And I will be back. Joining us now is Mark Pattison, former wide receiver for the Huskies uh, and professional receiver. And uh, Mark, uh, first off, how shocked were you when you heard this news that Coach Peterson had resigned? Uh, you know, it's interesting that you ask that. And I, I've been in this group text. And I've, I've uh, mentioned this before. I'm in a text with Jim Mora, Hugh Millen, and a bunch of other Husky Hawks um, that are passionate about Washington football and care a lot about the program. And, it, it, and for some reason, as shocking as the news was, it wasn't all that shocking when you kind of look back. And when I say that, uh, as you look back, which I did, um, you know, I watched every single game, saw, saw, you know, they always frequently have sideline shots, and it just didn't look like Coach Peterson was having any kind of fun, you know? So it wasn't like Don James when <clears throat> he uh, resigned, you know, whenever it was, 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago, whenever he resigned, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like the big shot around the world. I don't know. To me, it, it was shocking, although it wasn't like earth-shattering. Right, but um, but for the for the reasons uh, that that what he talked about it today, were you could you kind of relate to it? Because you said he wasn't having any fun, and I think it kind of looked like it was wearing on him. And I could really understand. Uh, especially I used to coach. Now I only do individual coaching. I'm not coaching teams anymore. I I really think that I can understand his reasoning because that's kind of why I got out of it because I was putting more into it than I felt like I was getting out of it at one point. Yeah. You know, look, I, I've had the, uh, the great, um, honor, uh, to be, uh, associated with Jim Morris. So Jim, 
you know, former Husky, loves Husky football, but he had the opportunity to go be the head coach at UCLA. And I was in L.A. at the time, and so um, I served in a mentorship role for, for Jim, um, for UCLA, for the players, because I'd gone to college, obviously. Um, I'd played football, which all those guys are student-athletes, and, I'd, I'd, I, and I was able to do what all those guys on the team eventually wanted to do, which is to go on into the NFL, get drafted, and play. And, and so uh, because of that, I, I was, had a front-row seat to the time, the dedication, and it is absolute insane hours. Yeah, what we see is, is Saturday on the field. What we see is the big salary the head coach gets and a lot of the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator roles get. But the bottom line is it's a year-round thing, and it never stops. And, it, and it's not just about going out to practice. It's getting up, it's recruiting, it's looking at all the film, it's breaking it down, it's managing uh, the team and all the parents and all the drama. It's managing upper campus and it's managing the alumni base. And those are three hard things to do at this kind of scale, the size of the University of Washington. Yeah. And, you know, then to kind of transition over to Jimmy Lake, who... He looked like like he was ready to go right now. Um, and to transition from somebody that you know wasn't having any fun to now it's it's fresh. It's like when you're talking with with Jim Mora, how fresh do you think it is for for Jimmy Lake as when you got to see Jim Mora kind of take it over? Yeah, well, Jim had a lot of energy, and he had been the Seahawks coach at the time, and he had, I think, a year or two to sit back. And when he came in, he came in with guns blazing. And, you know, that that's thing that, you know, he brought a lot of energy. He's a higher-energy guy anyhow. Um, uh, and you take a look at a guy like Urban Meyer, and he just, like, got fried twice, you know, both at, at Florida and then at Ohio State, the premier, two premier programs in the country. Um, and, and I would say it's a young man's game, but, you know, you got to be ready to go and you got to have your ducks in the line and make sure that everybody internally within your family is pulling in the right direction to make that thing fly because you are gone a lot. You know, I know all those, uh, like in Jim's case, uh, four kids, you know, that's missing a lot of soccer, volleyball, basketball, lacrosse, all those things that really count and really matter. And, uh, you know, of course, I don't know Coach Peterson, his insight in terms of his family life, but, you know, obviously what he said, it took a toll. And, and Jimmy Lake has seemed like he's been a guy, um, you know, waiting for that break, uh, waiting for opportunity to step up. And it almost seems like, you know, he's almost been in this role with Coach Peterson waiting to take the reins for a long time. And all of a sudden, you know, it just comes out of – kind of nowhere but you know at the same time preparation meets opportunity and he got his chance yeah and and with with that um you know you talked about sort of the path to this the the thing that is so kind of hard to fathom is that this is a guy that turned down a defensive coordinator job uh at, at alabama he turned down uh, from stories that I heard, these aren't uh, facts that I know of, but uh, places like Colorado that, that were after him. Um, and then he, he comes back here to stay with a guy that he, he loves and respects with Jim Moore, uh, excuse me, with Coach Pete. Um, 
but how how long do you think that they can keep Jimmy Lake? Because I got to think that that one of the reasons that that he that he uh, wanted this job so bad is because you have an, an advantage. And he made the comment that it would take it was going to take an act of God pretty much to make him take a job somewhere else. Now that we got him, how do they keep him? Well, I mean, look, first of all, he's totally keyed up to be here. I mean, these things in, in a lot of cases, um, when there is some kind of transition like happened, no different than what happened at uh, Ohio State with Urban Meyer, the new coach there, these things are talked about. You know, you rarely does it come out where, you know, it, it's kind of like a Don James thing where he quits because he's protesting because the president of the university is not backing him. So just out of the blue, poof, and then they, they elevate Coach Lambright to be the guy, which is shocking to everybody in the system. I think they've been talking about this for quite some time. And that's probably why uh, Jimmy Lake made the comment, like it would take a lot to move. He was already making a bunch of money. He saw a path towards becoming a head coach. And now all these things, you know, came to light. I think they gave him a five or six year deal, which is typical. He's making a bundle of money. The guy is set now for the rest of his life, you know, and, and, you know, I have had the very good fortune between my NFL days and college football, not only with the university of Washington, but then, you know, with UCLA for six years, I went to every single home and away game. And so I've been all over the country and I can honestly tell you, I mean, there's few places in the, the country that match. And I'm talking about all the things involved. You know, yes, weather, that plays into a factor a little bit. But, you know, on the, on the other side of it, the optimist would say, well, you get four seasons. And then the, the setting on the lake, the great stadium, uh, brand new, by the way, you know, the great academics. I mean, when you put all these things into a pot and mix them up, you know, it's hard to beat that place. Yeah. And and now now I think it's it maybe is a, the perfect storm. But going back throughout the season do you think that uh, some of the 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 decisions that i wouldn't really i wouldn't say that there's one decision that it was uh, a lot of execution do you think that 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 was a, a bit of maybe being burnt out and he wasn't into the games all the way or do you think it was just execution by um breakdowns in in various aspects yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, the only people who really know this, and I said this earlier to, to some degree, uh, you know, the things that we don't know are what's going on inside the walls. And, you know, with with uh, UCLA, I knew what was going on inside the walls because I was, I was in them. And, you know, in this situation, I never was. But you look back at all this stuff and, and certainly just watching uh, body language with Coach Pete, obviously a guy with high integrity, but he just didn't seem like he was that fired up to be there in the first place. And then that always trickles down um, the attitude from the coach as the leader trickles down to what's going on in the field. And it just seemed like, uh, you know, you take a look at uh, the new ratings came out tonight and Utah now is sitting at, I think number five. And we had every opportunity to, to, to beat Utah um, in Husky stadium. And, it's just, but it needed that extra something, and I just don't don't think between the head coach, maybe maybe the the assistant coaches as well, trickling down to the players who didn't bring it, you know, got us across the goal line, so to speak. But 
I don't know. I mean, it, it, it just, it's interesting as you take a look back again, that like all the signs or many of the signs were on the wall, but you know, who would ever think that coach Pete would, would resign like this. And, you know, it's great that he's going to stay attached because he's got so many positive messages to these young kids. Well, now that we have Jimmy Lake, um, and I think that he's going to bring that extra attention to detail, especially in his first year where he's trying to to measure himself against Coach Pete and the things that he accomplished. Um, do you think that that he's going to – do you think this is sort of the foot on the accelerator that the program needed because there's a lot of young talent, There's uh, especially on the defensive side, but there's a lot of good playmakers on the offensive side. Uh, Will, do you, do you think that this is the accelerator that the program needs or do you think there's going to be – more changes, and then you hit the accelerator? Well, that's a good question again, and, and I think time will tell. I mean, if you're asking if I was the head coach appointed today, um, uh, you know, the way I would be looking at this is is my first and most primary goal uh, is to – well, let me back up one step. Um, everything I've been told is as, as well as Jimmy Lake is, is a defensive coordinator and a motivator. He is as talented as a recruiter. That's his key strength, right? So that means bringing in all the right guys. And of course, then you bring them to the university of Washington and then you bring them in with coach Pete. And you know, that in many cases has been the slam dunk along with that though, is the ability to evaluate talent. And it seems like coach Pete, both at Boise state and now at the you know university of Washington, when he was there over the last five, six years, he had a great eye for talent in a way to really develop that talent into something um, special. My number one, if I were Coach Lake, um, priority would be get Eason to return. You know, if he wants to get on the, the, the fastest path toward success is having a veteran quarterback that's got a lot of upside NFL potential, you know, that's going to be on my roster next year. That, to me, would be number one. Uh and then number two, of course, is just going out and making sure that you have the right coaches. To me, I would make a, a change at offensive coordinator. I think that there's been a rumblings from a lot of different people towards that. I don't particularly like his scheme. Um, and, and so that is something that I would be, you know, looking to, to make a change. And, of course, he's going to have to replace himself. So who is that? Is that somebody on the, on the roster right now, one of the coaches, who's going to move up? Or is he going to find somebody else that he's had his eye on? So – all these things will be interesting to see how, how the whole thing unfolds and what kind of motivator he is to these kids. And well, and that's actually a question that, that I have. Does he actually need to replace himself? Because he was a co-defensive coordinator. He didn't coach the D-line, yeah, the yeah, LBs. They, 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 no, the, the answer is yes. You, you, cannot, you cannot do it. You cannot be an effective. This isn't high school you know, football where you can kind of wear a bunch of different hats. Again, um, if you want to be a effective uh, leader out there, not that he can't have say and he can't sit in on the meetings, but all the time spent of coming up with the defensive plan, researching the other team, the players, cutting up the film, you know, all those things that need to happen need to have somebody with the only thing in mind is that defense. And he needs to be thinking about defense, offensive, and special teams. And as I said before, the, the, the one thing um, that, that – and this, this is, you know, this is another one, one of these things that we'll see how this plays out because you never had a head coaching job before. But the ability to coach, that's number one. That's a big test. 
uh, two is is be able to deal with upper campus. That's the the president and the board of regents and all those guys. And then the third tier is alumni. So all those different events where he's got to go out there and, and do the rah-rah during the summer and the golf tournaments and, and, and make sure that, you know, all the alumni are all good with what's going on and we're going to continue to feed more money to the program. And it's all a trickle down to that big salary that these head coaches are making. And most head coaches out there are good at one or two. There's not many who are good at all three. So again, you know, it's, test of time will, will tell if if he has that capacity to handle all three of those things but for sure remaining as a head coach and, and leaving the defensive and offensive coordinators um and, and he's just focused on coaches the coaching co- coaching the coaches and then letting those guys do their their job right and by by um by not needing to replace himself, I only meant that he was the co-defensive coordinator along with uh, Coach Coach Kwiatkowski. So Kwiatkowski retains his position as defensive coordinator, um, and and so the, he didn't really he wasn't coaching the defensive backs, the linebackers, defensive linemen. So he doesn't actually need to replace anybody or slide somebody in there where he can actually go out get an offensive. Uh, coordinator and then also a quarterbacks coach. Do you think that that might be a scenario that could be visited? Because I've seen, yeah, from, yeah of course, yeah, for sure. For for Jake Browning, I thought that he was due for a big step forward his senior year, and it just didn't happen yeah. under Bush Hamden. I expected Jacob Eason to grow and mature as a senior, or excuse me, as a junior. And I saw some regression in some areas that sort of were in line with the way Jake Browning regressed. Uh, do you think that they need a quarterback whisperer? Well, again, it always depends who that guy is. I, I think, you know, I don't, I've never been on any team and, you know, I've been on a bunch of teams. I've never been on any of them that didn't have a receivers coach, a quarterback's coach, a tight ends coach, an offensive line coach. And a running backs coach, and then the special teams coach. You know, I mean, everybody was specialized in the way they're doing this, and uh, it's just hard to be paying attention to, especially at the quarterback position. It's your most important position on the field. And again, um, going back to what I said about my number one priority um, beyond coaches or anybody else is convincing uh, Eason that he should come back. I think. You know, take take the new coach out of it. I said this earlier. I've been saying this all year. I've been super consistent, which is he's just not ready. He goes to NFL and he will, you know, maybe make a few bucks up front. He'll never, in my opinion, he'll never play it down in the NFL at all because you just don't go there to learn. You do grow and and you know how many quarterbacks you see come and go all the time. And uh, I don't know. He just needs more reps. And and with that too, you know, going switching a little bit over to the Washington State game. Um, you know, those receivers, which I've been begging on all year, finally stepped up and, and came to the party and they played their, their lights out. And, and with that, then you could see Eason getting more and more confident with some of the throws that he was making. Well, and that, that's a great question because it seemed like the, or a great segue because um, it, it seemed like there was in that first half, we saw the throws that make you say, man, he needs to stay. And then he made some of those throws that you like, he needs to go. So I, I agree with you that, that another year under his belt. Um, now does, 
does that happen? Does he stay if, if if Coach Lake says, I'm getting you a quarterback guru and we're going to take you to the next level and make you a first-round draft pick? Um, do you think that's a scenario that could we could see? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all scenarios are a scenario. I mean, I, I, I just don't – I just don't – like, again, I, I will – I think Eason – is being sucked in by fool's gold if he listens to a bunch of agents and people telling him what he he may want to hear. And I think somebody needs to take a cold bucket of ice and dump it on his head and say, look, you've got a great upside. You've got great career, but think about the legacy that you can leave here at the University of Washington. Think about you taking us to the Rose Bowl, us winning the North next year behind your leadership and think about the draft status that you're going to have compared to this last year. I, I know that I was talking with Kayla two or three weeks ago, and at that time, I don't probably he hasn't moved up a whole whole lot. But we're talking about uh, the entire you know college NCAA football out there. He was ranked number 57, and I don't know how 57 gets it done. And you know certainly there's been examples of free agents over the year, but you know how could you not benefit from being at a prestigious point in the Pac-12? doing and honing your craft, working with another. I mean, I would see this as a great opportunity. Um, and I see nothing but downside because any team he goes and plays for next year, he's not playing. He's just, he gets on the team, great, and he gets to put on a jersey and run out in, in, you know, in, in, in the San Francisco 49ers stadium or something, and that's about it because he's not going to play, period. <laughs> so um, that's, just, that's just the way it is. And uh, one, one final question um when all is said and done what do you think uh the the coach pete legacy looks like at the university of washington well i think he always you know again the the one thing with with coach james who i played under he's got such a in a, an amazing legacy because he was there for 18 years and he won a national championship. Um, and, you know, it's debatable about my team that, that in, you know, the 1884 Orange Bowl team that we ended up number two, but, you know, we were always right there. We went to multiple Rose Bowls and he transformed the University of Washington School, the destination for people to go to. You know, uh, Peterson um, brought us back um, from, from, you know, I would say Brian brought us back, but he got us to that next level, and that was amazing, and that was awesome. And you know, I think he'll always be seen as a great coach, but I don't think we're anywhere near the conversation of, you know, should we build a statue for the guy? Um, you know, and, and I think, again, the test of time, If and it's unfortunate that he didn't just slow things down and take a little bit more time, and I would have loved to see him continue, but, you know, certainly understand that's the way he wants to go. I mean, I don't know anybody would ever say anything negative other than he was a great coach, a great mentor, and a great um, role model to so many of these young kids who've gone on and a great, um, uh, uh, great uh, uh, eye for talent, but just left too soon, and, and that's just the way it played out. All right. Well, that will do it for us. Mark Pattison, um, former – are you there? Yep. Okay. Um, Mark Patterson, former Husky, Husky legend, and I'm going to call it a 1984 national champion. I don't give a crap what anyone else says. Uh, you guys won the yeah, national baby. championship. All right. Uh, back over to you, Kayla. 
Great stuff, Mike. Great stuff, Mark. Thanks again, Mark, for coming on. It's super appreciated. And your time, Mike, as well, as always. And that concludes this week's episode of On Second Thought. Don't forget to share our show, and you'll automatically enter, be entered into a drawing to win a $50 credit on VintageBrand.com. Also, check out si.com slash college slash Washington, where Mike is constantly putting out great articles. We have great videos going, as well as Kayla's Keys to the Game for basketball games until we get some more Husky football content going. Check it out. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. That way, every time a new episode is posted, it goes straight to the device you're listening on. Five stars only, thumbs up only. And until next time, I'm Kayla Olin. He's Mike Martin. Go dogs. Go dogs. The proceeding was a Howling Husky production.